Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geek Explained Book Club, where every single Friday, I, along with my fellow 500-year-old Viltrumites, go through every single issue of every single volume of Robert Kirkman, Corey Walker, and Ryan Otley's Nothing? Malcolm? Nope. Okay. All right. Or anyway, we're talking about in So we're here. We're there officially. Yeah. Uh we have gone through 29 episodes over 150 issues of comics read for this including the main story, including side stories, including adjacent comics, including Marvel team-ups. And we have arrived to chapter 144, the final chapter of this epic of Mark Grayson, Adam Eve, Nolan Grayson, and all the others. And I am, of course, joined by the only two men who I would trust to spread their influence and justice throughout the stars while also going to war with Alan the alien and finally finishing up by sunbathing next to the pool. Of course, I'm talking about Jacob Brown. Good day, people. And Malcolm Russell Nelson. Hello. Boys. We're, uh, we made it. We made it. How do we, how do we feel? How do we feel? This is, this has been a long time come. This is 29 weeks. 29 weeks ago, we started off with an idea of like, Hey, do you guys want to read invincible? I've never read it. We should dive into this. And here we are 29 weeks later, having read the entire epic of Kirkman, Walker and Otley. I'm sobbing inside. Like, I am full blown, full blown, like sobbing and running mascara inside of my body right now. This has been a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a long time coming. Uh, But it's a celebration. It's a celebration. (laughs) It is. It is a celebration. Um, This, uh, This was kind of a trip. When we were getting ready to do this, uh, the original plan was to uh, wrap up with last week's episode, do the entire final volume. And Malcolm said, I think we should split it into two. We should go all the way up to issue 143 and then have issue 144 be its own thing because it is almost a volume in itself. And boy, was he correct. Yeah. Yeah. When you get to that first couple pages of issue 144, it that alone sells it as okay. We should talk about this as a separate thing. Yeah. Uh, th- this issue is not not to give away you know opinions on the book or anything yet before we really get into it. But I think this is a masterstroke in a finale. This is an unbelievably well put together finale for a long going series. Uh, and you get it immediately in the first couple pages. They smack you right in the mouth with it. It's perfect. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to me because it is 
much like most of the book, not at all how I thought that this book was going to wrap up. No, it's not. Not even close. Not even close. And with everything that had happened (laughs) up to this point, you know, we left off in a pretty precarious position, right? Because, you know, Mark was taking all of the Viltrumites off into space uh, because, you know, following an incident with Marky, who had manifested his powers, they realized that... Poor Marky. He's just a kid. Poor Marky. That they weren't going to do well on Earth. And so they needed to go. And at the very last moment, Scott, Marky's dad, comes up and says, look, we're not going with you. And there are so many directions this could go. Like, so many really bad directions this could have gone. But Kirkman, Otley, and our boy, Corey Walker, uh, Mm -hmm. managed to navigate it in a way that rings true for not just the characters, but the entire narrative, the story of Mark Grayson, and brings us to the only finale that I can even picture in my mind. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, any final thoughts before we dive into the issue itself? As as a person with OCD, I just wish this was up to 150. It was just six <laughs> issues short. That's it. That's all it was. Or I even just 145. Or even just 145. No, no. It needs to be 150 because it needs to be <laughs> a nice even number for the fact that what happens in this volume should have progressed it to be about six more issues. We're, we're going to get to that because that is my only yeah. problem with this damn issue. Yeah. That's <laughs> my only yeah, yeah, yeah. Only beef. That, that uh, was the biggest beef. That was that was the biggest beef that I had with this reading. I was just like, I have to read this again because because uh-huh. of because of that. It's just it needed mm, it needed more more yeah. in it. it just, that's what it, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah we're we're gonna we're gonna Ugh. get to that with the last like 12, 15 pages. We'll we'll, we'll yeah. get into that. But yeah, yeah, uh, I I would agree with that. Yeah, there's there's just so much in this. <laughs> So um, the the so we've been talking about the title or not the title cards but the cover line, mm-hmm. uh, the lines on the cover, and this one has a very fitting one. Of course, it says "Invincible: The End of All Things" issue or part twelve of twelve, but at the top it says number one forty four, the best double sized final issue of all time. Let's see if it of all time. Let's see if it lives up to the title. Let's see if it lives up to the title. So we uh, dive into yeah. this first uh, this first page, and this is a very familiar setting. Not just the dialogue, but Mark is also dressed exactly, exactly like, like Nolan. Nolan. Like Nolan. Exactly. <laughs> and he yep. is having yeah. the talk with Marky. No, not that talk. The talk about where he really comes from. And for the first time, for the very first time in the entire series, we get the whole truth about where they come from. They get the whole truth about Viltrum, talking about how it was a warrior race who killed its weak, you know, it spread out among the stars, created itself, you know, basically grew itself into an empire that threatened all life. The Scourge virus was created to deal with that. Most of them died. I think it's 99.9% of Viltrumites were killed. 
following mm-hmm. this, the leader Argal was killed, and <laughs> the Viltramites crowned a new regent, Thrag. And the 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 killer of Argal, real quick, is that? Yes, is that who I think it is? It, it's, yes, yeah, it is. Uh, it is Thaddeus. Thaddeus. Uh, Thaddeus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. So he was the one who actually did the actual did the uh, deed execution. Okay. Because yes. they, they've always right. talked about, you know, the great betrayer. And yeah. I kind of always assumed it was just because he helped develop the scourge virus. Because nope. that's how you get the DNA and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But no, no, he did he it all. straight up yeah. killed Argal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kicked off this whole yeah. mess. This, that's the thing. Yeah, this was this all starts with him. Yeah, isn't that interesting? A character very, who very died interesting. A hundred issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotta love it. <laughs> gotta love it. So Mark continues to tell the story about how they decide about how the Viltrumites decided to spread their influence a little bit. You know, thin. Because Is that what we're calling it? Their influence. Well, we're, that's what we're gonna call it. Is <laughs> a family show after all. That's right. Um, That's right. And one of the agents that was sent throughout the stars was, in fact, one Nolan, who would later adopt the moniker of Nolan Grayson. <laughs> and I love that they they make sure you know the parallel between Mark and Nolan in this by showing yeah. Nolan wearing the same stuff. And then we get just yeah. that great little, you know, final panel in this next page where it's just kind of showing off, you know, little bits and pieces of those early issues. The two of them flying together, you know, meeting the team team, his first battle with Alan and telling the story of essentially the comic. If yeah. you needed a refresher after 144 issues, this one's got it. You know, it shows Mark battling with Nolan when he finds out the truth. He shows the Viltramite War. It shows Nolan taking over the Viltramite Empire, the death of Nolan and Mark stepping into that role. And as he kind of wraps up the story, he says, you know, like, this is kind of what's going on. I'm sorry I wasn't there for you, but since you're staying behind, you know, I'm going to respect that. I don't want to get in the way. I don't want to disrupt any of that. When the time comes, you're going to do a lot of good here. And I love the, the thing that I have loved out of this entire series every single time is the, the use of silence, the use of sequential panels, where after Mark finishes his story, we have those two just silent panels, or I guess technically three, uh, silent panels of Marky just like taking everything in, and he just goes, "I'm actually a space alien," <laughs> and it's like it's perfect. It's perfect. It's adorable. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely adorable. We turn the page and we find a very familiar sight. We see a you know a lion-like alien having decimated the population of a city and standing soaked in blood of their enemies wielding a very familiar battle stave 
And as one of the surviving uh, aliens comes up, he says, you know, the rebels surrendered, the kingdom secured, but you couldn't stop. It must be true. Your father's curse. It flows through your veins now that he's not alive to contain it. And this creature turns around and it's the daughter of Battle Beast. Battle Beast lives. Battle Beast lives. He's just... Fallen has Battle Beast, long live Battle Beast mm-hmm. forever. And she turns around cool. and she's like, you know, oh, I I have to seek out opponents. Like I have to, I have been infected basically by this curse. And the, you know, the vizier says, you know, they say it was a Viltramite who was finally able to best your beloved father in, in battle. And she says, Viltramite. Then I know who has brought this curse upon me. It is decided. I will not rest until every Viltramite in the universe is dead, or I am. Metal as fuck. So <laughs> tie. And I just I love that it's a female battle beast. I love right? the idea of that. So good. It's so cool. It's badass Sarabi. Dude, it's mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> hell yeah, it is. <laughs> it's Warrior Sarabi. Get him, Nala. Yeah, hell fuck yeah. it up. I was also thinking like Big Barda as a like as an actual yeah. oh yeah lioness sure. basically. She's got <laughs> mad Big Barda energy. Big Nalda is, is her. Oh, her Big Nalda! <laughs> <laughs> so, following this, you know, Mark is having a conversation with Debbie, and how far they have come, Debbie and Mark together, right? Like, Debbie has had such a journey across this series. Mm-hmm. as kind of this one note alcoholic character to being a fully fleshed out three-dimensional person in this series and i love that she has grown she's changed just as much as mark has and the two of them are just having this frank you know parent to parent talk yeah the uh, same yeah. level pretty much at this point yeah, yeah. also uh if you noticed uh for those who actually read the science dog issue, Marky Mark is playing with uh, science dog and the, uh, and the robot from, from those issues, from that uh-huh. issue. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, a one-armed science dog. One-armed uh, science dog. Yeah. <laughs> that science dog figure has seen better days. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like most of our like, toys. Like most toys. Yeah. Yeah. At that age. <laughs> oh yeah. So they're basically, you know, kind of hashing out like Mark's like, I don't want to go, but I have to. But like, I have this responsibility to him and Debbie's like, look, I'm going to be keeping an eye on him. Scott's going to be keeping an eye on him. And as he grows older, you know, he might be your tie back to humanity. That line is so good. She's like, who knows? Maybe in 15 years, Mark, you'll be reminding you what it is to be human. And Mark's (laughs) like, oh God, don't say that. (laughs) Killer line. So funny. And so... Mark, you know, dressed in his regent gear, goes back to Scott and is look, they kind of say their goodbyes. And I love how they, it's a very smart decision not to go overly wordy with this exchange. They understand. They're two dads. They understand. They get it. And he just says, you know, Mark doesn't know what to say. And Scott just goes, it's okay. We're going to be okay. You can go. And that's it. I, I like that. I like that Scott knows. Mm-hmm. 
Scott Scott clearly knows what went down yes. with Mark. Yeah. And Scott is I we we haven't expressed this yet, but Scott is portrayed clearly as kind of like an older person. Uh he's got the gray around the bun of his hair. Um, you know, he he may be several years older. I, I'm I imagine, you know, Scott's in his like 40s. Yeah. Um yeah, several, yeah. Decades several decades older. Yeah, several decades older. And <laughs> I think that comes with a lot, I think that comes with a lot of uh emotional maturity and such. And I, I really like the dynamic between the two of them. It mm-hmm. feels like a very mature dynamic where like Mark doesn't really know how to handle it, but Scott does. Yeah. And Scott's like, no, like listen, like like you say, he's like, no, it's it's okay. We're okay. Don't worry about it. Like. We got this. I I really appreciate the characterization on on a character that we only have seen for the last. I wish we got more Scott. Five or six yeah. issues. Yeah. I really I dig think Scott. Really uh, interesting. I think he's really goddamn cool. You could tell. Um, you could you could do an entire twelve issue run of Scott raising these kids, man. Oh, oh yeah, for sure, Absolutely. for sure. Scott's super interesting. Super interesting, and so you know, Mark has one last conversation with Debbie, and he's just like it's good to know that you're going to be keeping an eye on them. And Debbie's like, you're not like leaving forever. Like, it's fine. You're going to come back and like visit and stuff. And they keep hammering that home across this early Uh part. And I'm like, Uh why are they mentioning it so much? And it becomes abundantly clear later on, but it becomes abundantly clear later on. Yeah. As, as they, as we get kind of a final scene with Scott, this is one of my favorite moments. This is so good. Oh yeah. Um here, you you go you go ahead and read it. Um I'll do I'll do Mark. I'll do Marky. Adorable. So So Scott and Marky and uh unnamed daughter. Uh, uh, her oh shit. Uh it's it they give her her name like later on. I can't remember what it is. Um uh we'll call her Blastoma for now. Um, that's a cool name. That's a cool name. Uh, there, find it. Molly, 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 drop a little Molly. All right. So <laughs> it's the three of them looking up into space as the ship takes off. And here we go. Uh, well, he's gone. It's just us now, kids. I'm confused. Are you still my dad, or is he? I've always been your dad. I'll always be your dad. Nothing is changing there. You just got an extra dad now. In space. Space dad. Real dad. Come on. We should give your new grandma some peace and quiet. Let's go home. It... It's oh. that is such a subtly well written thing. Mm-hmm. Just breaking it down for a child to just break it down in the barest minimum of space dad, real dad is the nuance of that is really, really appreciated. Super freaking cool. I also yeah. love that Debbie and Scott are probably the same age. Yeah. 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 Probably. Yeah. For sure. But I gotta uh, be honest. It'd be weird, but they'd be kind of hot together. Anyway. I, you're not wrong. You're yeah. not wrong. I, 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 <laughs> so soon. I mean, wrong. Like, but that would be weird because, like, it would be like his 
then Marky's, it'd be really weird like the my own grandpa type of deal where it's just like because debbie would be yeah. technically mom and grandma to marky at the same time is it a little chinatown yeah <laughs> a lot, it's a lot chinatown <laughs> oh it's it's definitely chinatown but i mean you know <laughs> oh boy so then they do the subtlest thing in this book that i think i've ever seen is they do a time skip and don't tell you shit yeah what you just have to look and see that oh <laughs> Marky's standing a little bit taller. Oh, Debbie's got gray in her hair. Like they hot just gray, hot gray. Debbie keeps the getting Sweeney hot. Todd gray. I don't get it. That's like, not fair. Dude, <laughs> Debbie's a fox, dude. Like, <laughs> she's bad. Look, she got that like ascot thing going on too. Oh my yeah. god, she looks like a third grade teacher, and it's it's working. What she is working. happening right now? She what working. Happening? I'm just saying, Debbie's winning. That's all I'm okay. saying. Oh She's man, as hell. Oh, boy. she knows it. She she is a gigilf. All right, all right. Oh yeah, so no, for sure. We're gonna roll right on past that. <laughs> Debbie and Marky uh, show up to the strip mall this just unnamed tailor store and they walk in and they're talking about, you know, they mention that Marky actually accidentally broke Tara's tablet. So they've obviously they've met, they know about each other. They've spent uh -huh. some time together, but they're, they're doing the sibling thing. They don't really get along. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And as they kind of go into this tailor shop, you know, she's basically like, Hey, I've got a surprise for you. You're going to like this. And as they walk into this JC Penny looking place, uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. they see this girl here and she's like, you know, Hey, we're, uh, we're looking for art Rosenbaum. Is he in today? And you realize this is art's shop. You know, what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Before yeah, yeah. Marky does, which I love. Uh -huh. It's that dramatic irony. And you know, she's just like, you know, the the attendee there is just like, hey, you know, he's doesn't he doesn't really come in anymore, uh, but I can help you with whatever you need. And she's like, can you call him? This one's this this is special. This is he want he would want to handle this. And she's like, I don't know, he's probably not going to. She's like, call him. We will wait right here. This is, by the way, typical retail retaliation. By the way, when you're just like, can I? Can I speak to someone, please? It's just like, I was like, well, yeah. I'm right here. I, yeah. I can do whatever you have to have to say. I can, I can, like, I can sure help I you, like, please. No, yeah. no, I'm not here for you. I've been this person. <laughs> I have also been this person. <laughs> Me too. I was this also person been. as we were recording yesterday, oh, working on Thanksgiving. There you I go. was that person. Oh, there man. You go. Also, quick, just we're recording this for posterity's sake. We're recording this on Black Friday. Much love to everyone who works in retail or any kind of, you know, retail service industry yeah. today. Thank you. You're the real Y'all are legends. Hell yeah. Legends, love. You keep the peace. Just remember that. Including mm -hmm. this guy who just got off work today. This guy's <laughs> doing the real work. Yeah. <laughs> One day off this week, mother lovers. <laughs> hey. So... We turn the page and there he is. Art Rosenbaum is going to outlive us all. He's yeah. getting some liver spots on his head, though. He's a little yeah. bit old. He's just a little he's, 10 years older. He's looking, yeah, he's looking a little uh, Batman Beyond Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're yeah. right. And so he's like, hey, this is, this is your grandson. And we finally get Marky's full name. His name is Marcus Murphy. And I to the fucking love this shit 
Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is uh-huh. Billy Batson level yeah. alliteration. <laughs> Hell yeah. And I love that shit. Hell yeah. Stan, Stan Lee would be so proud right oh now. Oh my God. He'd be thrilled. Yeah. He'd be so Marcus proud. Murphy. Marcus, Marcus yeah. Murphy, baby. A great name. So they shake hands, they meet, and Art, you know, tells him, like, hey, I'm the guy who made your dad and your granddad's costumes. And Marky finally gets it. He's like, oh my God, this is amazing. Let's get into this. And Art just goes, I'm going to have fun with this one. I know exactly what to do with you. And then and you get, get what is probably Eric's favorite page turn in the whole run, right? Fingerless yeah. <laughs> 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 girl ups to the face. Yeah. So freaking good. A great little s- subtle update to everything. Mm-hmm. The black Honestly, outline the around black the blue outline? is mm-hmm. everything. It's black, everything. Baby. It's yeah. also the baggy gloves. Yes, yep. the baggy, Those baggy the fact that 90s the gloves. gloves. Are baggy. Yes. Love baggy so 90s. Good fingerless gloves well, it's those, i love it's, this shit it's this kind of gloves that you stretch out and then you let them go and they just like start sagging they just back. like it's yeah they just back down immediately yeah it's the hold. um it's the x-men the animated series rogue gloves there you go just yeah, with yeah. that just mm-hmm. fingerless mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and boy does he look good oh, he looks man. great it's this. a great look it's a great it's costume. a great look also so oddly draws him really awesomely yeah i think otley yeah. we, we haven't talked enough about it but i think otley draws kids really well there's not really a lot of well. artists out there that draw yeah. kids and you can tell that it is a child as opposed to just a small adult yeah um and otley is one of those where he really draws kids really well like he you can just tell like, like just yeah the purport the proportions in this yeah. image alone just having like the big old teeth yeah like yeah. Yeah, just the the body language of it all too. Like, just feels so youthful. Like, the next page, you know, he the you know, different. This is I love this shit. Okay, I mean, this, this yeah. sequence this is, is awesome. The coolest thing. So he's flying around, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh man. Yeah. All right, first fight, first fight. He, you know, starts zooming down, and then he like kicks up tucks his feet, and rolls. tucks, and just rolls through. The sk- he fucking cannonballs. He cannonballs. Cannonballs. Yeah. Right off like, of this like monster's head. Oh yeah. So speedball oh, man, this, this, would be oh, proud. So, that's oh, the thing. Man. He looks like Speedball. He feels like Speedball. And it's I love that shit. Ass. And the it's best part about ass. it, he bounces off of this thing, and immediately Monster Girl's son catches him in in his mm-hmm. hand. He knows. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. He has never met him before, but he knows to catch him. And he's just so, like he's all tucked, his knees tucked and everything from his yeah. little cannonball. Yeah. It's like a reverse fastball special. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's just awesome. Yes. I so, love uh, it. Let's also talk about the fact that Monax is on the Guardians of the Globe. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. That's amazing. Now Absolutely I know this is it. like 10 years since like where we just were, but that's amazing. Like it's amazing. It's great. It's some good Monax progress is on there. The Guardians of the Globe. That's so cool, man. Yeah. It's not like 10 years. It's probably like eight. It's you know, it's somewhere around that team. Somewhere around there. Uh, I'll tell you who's on that team. Pretty good tiger, right? That's his name. Uh, actually, not pretty good tiger. Best tiger. Friggin' best tiger. And outrun. Outrun. Yeah. Rocking the new punk lot, uh, punk rock look here. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I have genuinely no idea who the two purple people eaters are, but <laughs> they've got cool designs. Uh, yeah. They mentioned that they're new, pretty much. They're yeah, they're, yeah. Whoever these uh, are, Raph is the woman. She's mm-hmm. on the team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, her brother is Vengeance. 
Vengeance, yeah. Uh, it's, it's very yeah. much uh, Monet and what's his face yes. from yes, and uh, 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 Empley. M- yeah. Yes. Empl- yeah, with the hand suckers. With the, yeah. with the hand suckers. It's, yeah. it's very much that exact vibe. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, and we see Pegasus is still on the team. Always glad to see her. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And Marky just goes ahead and helps them fight. And as they are fighting this thing, this, you know, it's it says, you know, this, you know, the guy at least, the brother, is connected to the darkness and. It is starting to overturn him and he's hungering for more power, more power, more power until out pops Darkwing. Holy cow. Holy, holy unexpected turn of what events, Batman. Crossing like, your T's, dotting your I's, wrapping up every loose end. Wrapping up every loose end. Now, continuity wise, it's been about. 15 years since we've seen yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and he, and he he's looks been nothing it. for 15 years and he yeah. looks he's it. hurting mm-hmm. he's hurting <laughs> and it's what kind of he... implied that he's been just traveling through the darkness for 15 yeah. years trying to get home how did Trapping he survive though like he what did he eat what did he what did he like what were Ass. he no. like what god like, what? damn it <laughs> <laughs> he was in darkness Uh, (laughs) so afterwards also marky's looking real connell right now and i dig it oh oh uh the hair yeah so good straight forward straight forward with the the 90s connor kent deal and he's basically like yeah you know and he talks about like hey i read about the invincible war i know what's going on and Outrun is basically like, hey, you're an invincible son. I guess that explains the costume. You go by Invincible, and he goes, I mean, maybe Kid Invincible for now. And yeah. I almost burst into tears because I felt him. I felt him just for a moment go, Kid Invincible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of his uncle. A little bit of his uncle living on he can hear the people sing. So <laughs> they, uh, they're like, all right, you know, you, you did good. We're going to carry on here. And then, holy fuck, next page, a very familiar portal opens up. Oh, man. Uh-huh. And oh. out drops a little boy and his fox friend. Uh-huh. And he's like, hey, yeah, dad's <laughs> not going to be here either. It's like he's been erased from the multiverse. He's like, there's just there's none of him left. And he says, this is the dimension of his greatest enemy, Mark Grayson. And we get no follow-up on this. None whatsoever! That is such the uh, biggest uh, cock tease. Like, what? <laughs> Hang on. We're going to get to this. Hang on. I'm taking notes. We're going to get to this. <laughs> okay, you better be taking notes throughout. All right, good. So we I have go back... a point to make at the end of all this. <laughs> so we go back to the Pentagon. Familiar place. Parking is still in rear. And we see deep underground that Immortal is settling into his role as the protector of the world, as the Cecil Stedman. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Amanda, who is essentially looks like is working as his number two. She's and the lead of the Guardians. Yeah, she's, she's leading the team, which she is so be, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, she's she's got the tenure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, it's like, all right, you know, everything's working well. We're going to go. And then 
we get the last conversation in the series between Amanda and Robot. And I'm like, good. Fuck <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. How how heartbreaking and satisfying is this exchange? Absolutely. Yeah. So he It he is so satisfying. So he basically goes like, hey, Amanda, wait, if, if we could talk. He's still a brain in a jar, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to like, do this? Do you want to do this last? Let's fucking do yeah, it. Y'all, do yeah, y'all. Yeah, you, you, you two should do it. You two should do this. You want you want to do robot or Amanda? Sure, I'll I'll be robot. Okay, so uh, go for it. Start with Amanda Wade. Amanda, wait. If we could talk before you go, just for a little while, I'm I'm extremely lonely. You like to tell yourself you made a sacrifice to save the world, that this had to be done, and you ended up living in a tube again, alone like some kind of martyr. Truth is, this is the world you wanted. Deal with it. I will. Woof. That's a series wrap on both of them. That is a series wrap on Amanda and Robot. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Incredible stuff. Now, when you go back to when we first met these characters. Oh my God. Wow. Did you ever see it coming to this? No. No, yeah. Not even. Wow. How it escalated to this. Like how it like escalated. It's incredible. It's incredible to see a journey like that. And so we cut over to the uh the Murphy household. And you know, Scott is very on the up and up. And I love that he's on the up and up. Uh-huh. You know, he's he's Marky's done all his homework. He's doing all of his, you know, dishes are done. Sure. And he's just like, uh, can I? He's like, yeah, go for your nightly walk, in quotes. Like, just don't fly too far. And then Molly's just like, what am I going to get powers? Like, this is bullshit. <laughs> Love it. And she's still like, drawing uh, in Kid Invincible. Yeah. yeah. Taking over a dinosaur there. That's really fun. She's drawing Love, also she's a pretty good artist she yeah. is she's very yeah, good absolutely it's a stunning dragon and a pretty yeah. decent le petite invincible <laughs> <laughs> so uh marky goes out he flies out and he goes to visit nolan's grave which i thought was an interesting idea like bringing him here and kind of that he would have these conversations with nolan it's almost very kylo ren in that way of like yes yeah. it is that hello, is exactly hello, today i that blew exactly. up a plane <laughs> i hope you're proud of me you'd be proud <laughs> and so he's basically like look like i'm trying to do what i can and he's you know i, I can't see it i can't see what my dad's doing up there and he's trying to make the universe a better place he's like he chose invincible because it was something he felt like he was i chose it because it's what i'll have to be if i'm ever to live up to his legacy because if he because he turned out to be so much more than that and then the return of the mac and by mac i mean Corey walker Return of the Mac. Yes. Return of the Mac. I fucking love that song. So we cut back to the moment, and it's parallel to the moment where we see the ships flying away from Earth. 
Um, you know, Scott and Marky have that moment, Space Dad, Real Dad. And on the ships, Mark is with Eve and with Tara, and Tara's like, where are we going? And Mark looks down at her, he smiles, and he says, everywhere. Fucking cool. Uh, <laughs> also, oh, you, uh, you know what I heard when he said like that? Xenon. She absolutely does. He's like some <laughs> He's looking like a supernova fashion. girl. Okay. Which is tight. <laughs> it's so cool. But you know oh what I God. heard? You know what I heard when I when I read him say everywhere? I heard da 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 dun da 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 dun da 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 dun 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 da 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 dun da 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 dun da 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 Just off into the stars. Um, I should have mentioned this before. Also, my musical choice of this episode, uh, Remember Me by Thomas Bergerson. It's a really nice melodic piano that feels like you're wrapping up something. Incredible. Mm. Cried a couple times. Um, and speaking of crying, we get to watch uh, Tara grow up. Oh, my God. You know, we get to see her be eight years old. We get to see her get older and learn about fighting. We get to see her wear like the classic Viltrumite garb, which is hilarious. Mm -hmm. And then we even see preteen Tara. Oh, preteen Tara. She's like, you know. Everything here is stupid. Yeah. She's just like, yeah. I hate coming back to Earth. He's not my brother. <laughs> this really, I love it. The next one, uh, we get to see I love that her shirt says Tara with a mm. star. Yeah. Kind of like she's like, like she's wearing her own merch. Like she's a pop yeah. star and she's wearing her own merch. Yeah. Which is very Hannah Montana. And I really dig that. Vibe. And also <laughs> very Xenon. And also say. very Xenon. Yeah. Zenith Lapidus, guys. Jesus. <laughs> my God. Xenon's oh, good. We God. just watched that like like a oh. year ago. It's still it's still super fun. Xenon <laughs> yeah. holds oh, up. Man. Xenon holds up way The world would be show, much better if we were more like the world in Xenon. Oh yes. my God. Oh, absolutely. So speaking of the ideals of Xenon, we see in the next page that Terra is protecting these really just fucked up looking guys. Like there's no <laughs> there's no two ways around it. They look fucked yeah. up. They look yeah. like if they look like if Slimer was like the minions, basically. They That's... look like if you shaved Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> if Slimer was a minion, yeah, that's what they all look like. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> gross. Just picture they're all shouting that as she's trying to make her case for them. Like, no, they deserve another chance. Exactly. This is the uh, this is the the pro what is this the activism. Uh, yeah, the early twenties mm -hmm. activism for late teens, or the late teens, teens yeah. at this point. Late yeah, probably. Late yeah, teens. yeah. Uh, we do get to see her growing up and becoming a woman, and oh, you know, they're, the first time that uh, I'm assuming her parents caught her with a boy. Yeah, or someone is is it a boy? Oh no, you're right. It is a boy. Oh, okay, it, that's yeah. Yeah, that boy is beneath it's, it's you. It's definitely a boy. He says, and beside boy. me, and on top of me, and behind me. And he's like, "That is not what I meant." <laughs> <laughs> a terrifying prospect for any potential fathers. It's yes. really funny. It's real funny. I also like uh, the plant that's on the corner. Kind of looks like your 
quote stereotypical weed leaf. Yes. <laughs> I think that was on purpose. That's cool. So She's probably snorting the marijuanas. My God. She's got that reefer madness. <laughs> snorting the marijuana. My God. So, and then we finally get to her true, like, you know, uh, activism phase. It's got the glasses. She's clearly going to study abroad. Yes. That is a study abroad haircut and outfit. Oh, yeah. This is, oh, yeah. Uh, this is grad school. This is grad yes. school level. That's uh-huh. what this is. Packed up. She applied to, you know, be part of the conversation or conservation order, which basically seems a lot like it's the kind of same situation, you know, on Earth, you know, wildlife preservation, like uh-huh. helping to save, you know, uh, wildlife, helping some plant life, landmarks, uh, people, tribes, and then, and then, oh my, we get possibly the best repurpose of a costume since Carrie Kelly in The Dark Knight Returns. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. Because... Marcus Murphy isn't the only invincible on the block. Nope. Mm-mm. Tara Tara's has her own invincible costume, and it fucking rules. It okay? rips. Okay. It this, rips. This costume fucking rules. It and rips. The, and the fact that instead of like the half cow mask, she's just got these big ass goggles. Mm-hmm. Like, so she seems very much like the 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 new guardian, uh, the new green, the new Green Lantern. I forget her name. Yeah. Joe. Joe. Yeah. Joe. Yeah, Joe yeah, yeah. 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 It's that's, that's exactly mm-hmm. what I thought of when I saw her. I was just like, oh my yeah. God. It's, yeah. Uh, it's this. So there have been three things that I have waited for the last episode for. <laughs> One of them was the reveal of this costume. So this issue, when it came out, it came out with two covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that you will see mostly is the A cover, and that's a uh, Mark in the, in the forefront and all his, the side characters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mark's got the real angry look. The yep. second one was a redone <sighs> version of the first cover. Damn. Where Tara is invincible. Yeah. In place of Mark. And yeah. that's the one that I bought. That's I didn't incredible. get to grab it out of my box, but <laughs> I was like, oh man, that's the best cover. I have he, been waiting for that he reveal. texted <laughs> this picture to us. <laughs> oh yeah. I, yeah. I'm over yeah. the moon about it. Like, and ooh, you can also so good. <laughs> and you can also very clearly tell that she's squaring up against the new battle beast from the silhouette. Uh huh. Uh, yeah. I love that shit. Uh huh. Love that shit so much. So we basically see that Tara is doing her thing. She is preserving wildlife. She is doing her humanitarian thing. She is a very the, different kind the of invincible. Exactly. But also exactly what invincible wanted to be yep at yep. a certain point this it's, is it's, like it's a, this is a better version of him working with dinosaurs it's a blend of his values and eve's because mm-hmm. eve was very yes. much yeah. about like yes doing all that stuff about the, yes mm-hmm. you know humanitarianism and like she all is of that. truly their child yes and i love yes. it because uh, even we, the costume it does kind of have some eve elements to it yeah Absolutely. i was gonna mention that too it feels yeah. kind of eve the bare legs yeah like it's it's very much a God, blend of their a two costumes badass costume it's she, a great costume cool. man I'm, I'm glad it, i'm glad it doesn't have it but like uh 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 
imagine if she had like a little cape like Adam Eve cape. Little yellow cape. Little yellow Adam Eve cape. Oh, that'd be so tight. But like hanging off like one shoulder, so it'd be kind of be like a power girl. Oh yeah, like a or like a Mary Like a Billy Batson. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be sick. Oh, it's so good. But as it is, maybe it's like a Jonathan Kent situation where it like it extends and retracts. Who knows? Yeah. It's gonna be my head cannon. (laughs) Is that how that works? (laughs) That's how it looked like it worked in Future State, and they never took the time to prove me wrong. So that is how I'm gonna say. That doesn't matter. It's not Future State. (laughs) I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. Doesn't matter. Well, nothing. Nothing's Future State, but everything's Future State, but nothing's Future State. Speaking of the future, uh, Mark Grayson is talking about the future of the Viltrum Empire. Who has look at taken Mark. Our, look oh, at him go. Man. Look at him go. Setting up the so universe's good. first Ikea. I am really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, I just I'm so proud of him and his entrepreneurial skills. Oh, man. Um, the color palette of the Viltrum Empire has changed from red and white to blue and gold. Isn't yeah. that something? Yeah. Isn't that cool? Freaking love it. Yeah. And as we see, all of the uh, all of the blueberry flavored Viltrumites have turned their shade of uh, peach mango, I believe. Peach mango. <laughs> they are they are there. They're doing the work. They are spreading justice and peace throughout the galaxy, but not in the way that the Viltrumites spread peace and order. Nope. It's very different. And Mark even goes across to say, like, I have not. He's like, and I love that he makes the point. He's like, I need to call a, a conference and a meeting to tell everyone why I have not grown a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, know I, you, I heard you bitches talking about me in the laundry yeah. room. Right? I know you've I been dying to mustache me a question. And here <laughs> I would like to clear the hair. Well, I'm a t- I, well done well done i got it i would have took me 144 issues (laughs) i would have you you forgot to add like he would have said he would have shaved it for later but (laughs) he was very proud to just not have it at all (laughs) (laughs) and so he says that it's symbolic that he is brokering a new way forward for his people speaking of a new way forward look at fucking alan Alan's yeah. not looking good. This is his mutation is getting, I would say, arguably worse. Dicey. He's looking very haggard and very like not good. Yeah. He he looks like he looks like uh, an alien version of Etrigan the Demon. Yes. Kind of very like much Etrigan. In, kind of turning into that a little bit um yeah and i, I love this sure conversation that. too because oh, it's yeah. so layered and so subtle because alan's alan's basically like look you've done a lot of good but your actions are becoming a problem it's like you're eliminating threats shutting down hostile races bringing peace to quadrants of the galaxy that have been at war for eons it's amazing but it's led to a lot of planets wanting to leave the coalition they don't feel like they need us for safety they don't feel like the coalition needs to exist at all and mark goes Maybe, Maybe it doesn't. It doesn't. Bad ass. And he and he's got scary Nolan face on. Yeah, he's got scary, scary Nolan, Nolan face. face. That's the thing. And Alan recognizes this face because uh-huh. he just goes, "I was afraid you were going to say that." And in one page, we get the Coalition War. Coalition Hell, War. Yeah. And right front and center, there she is. There's our gal, Ursa. Battle Beast. 
So a lot of There's, recognizable faces here. Ursel, yeah. right there. Who's next to her? Craig the Redeemer. Uh, General Craig the Redeemer. General yeah. goddamn Craig the Redeemer. Look at this yeah. man. Who's right behind them? Battle Beast 2. Right above Lupin her, ass. our boy Lucan. Our boy, right above him? Space Racer. Space Racer. <laughs> it's everybody we love. And it's below her, and, we got, yeah. yeah. Tech, uh, tech jacket. jacket. Tech jacket. Uh, but tech jacket yeah. looks like he's on the wrong side, basically. And down uh, there in the corner as well. That's we who see I want to see. Power Princess. About. Power Princess. Uh -huh. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Super cool. I love seeing shit like this. This is it's so really ugh. good callbacks. It's awesome. All around here. We turn the page and it's the conclusion. And they went from event level wars to missing wars to one day wars to one issue wars to one page wars uh -huh. <laughs> they one whittled it war. down that's a great title for this the one page war the one page, one page war? war so uh obviously mark and alan have had this final battle in the middle of telescria and mark reaches his hand out to help alan up and alan's like you're just you're just you're just going to change everything. And Mark's like, yeah, if it makes, if it makes it better. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. And Alan fully admits, he's like, maybe we don't need the coalition of planets. Cause in essence, the coalition of planets was built in opposition to the Viltrum empire. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And yes. Now that, that conflict no longer exists. There really isn't a reason for it. Mm -hmm. No, no. The Viltrums have done a better job being a coalition of planets than the coalition ever did. And that's interesting. Just facts. So we get a quick, a quick little scene that I think is very interesting, personally. Uh, Tara is relaxing on their little, uh, their little vacation planet. Mm. And who's got the glasses on? Still got the glasses. the glasses. I want those glasses. And need I want those glasses. They're pretty tight. They're dope. Need, need those glasses. And who should visit her but our gal Ursal. Uh -huh. And the two of them are having just like a nice little moment. The gal pals, yo. Gal, gal pals. pals. And, you know, she basically says, you know, I don't know what to do because... I support the coalition because they're the ones that are furthering the conservation order. And I think I'm going to support them. And her sal's like, yo, do not do that because this is, uh, you can't allow, like you cannot allow the empire to fracture over this. And just then they get a little notification because it's time. Tara shows up to this beautiful palace and finds her mother. It's clearly been some time. And Adam Eve is a human. Yeah. So she is aged, unlike Mark. And she is... You know what this reminded me of? This reminded me of the scene from Winter Soldier. Yes. Yeah. With old yes. Peggy. With mm -hmm. old Peggy. She old even Peggy. kinda looks like old Peggy. Yes. Very much, yeah. She's very upsetting. Still a great mm -hmm. head of hair though. Still a great head gray yeah. hair. And she's laying there in her bed. And is that who I think it is? 
tending mm-hmm. to her needs? Yes, it is. Does yeah. she not age? What is going on here? Nope. I Very mean, we, we kind of we kind of got that hint that she didn't though, like. Uh, she had been mentioned to have been an employee for a very long time. Oh, that's true. Like, Maybe she's a yeah. cyborg just like Doug. It's possible. Maybe, yeah, absolutely. It's possible. So they yes. go up. Tara's just like, look, like, don't, like, I'm here, I'm here. And Eve just goes, I'm so proud of you. And she passes. I was choked up. I mm-hmm. didn't know how to feel. Next page, I burst into tears. I fucking full on was sobbing. Okay. <laughs> because I expected this. I expected the part where she gets old and she eventually has to say goodbye to them. What I did not expect is that they get more time. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Fucking endless amazing. amounts of time. Endless amounts of time. And we and we gave this shit, remember? We we were, we were the we last did. time yeah, this happened. I, I absolutely uh-huh. gave this shit. Yes, like, you did. Hold on. Just a little old hat. <laughs> hold on. Your old hat and, it, and you know what? They told us that this would happen. And you we know what? If this, this was, if, if this was, you know, as Jacob said, like we had another arc or we had 20 more issues after this, I would probably be giving the same complaint. Yeah. But yes. the fact that this is just an open-ended, like, they get to live happily ever after. I'm like, cool. Yep. We're good. I so I think that's why you have the moment at the end of volume uh, twenty three. Yeah. yeah. Where she brings them back. That's why Fair. you have that moment to remind you that that can happen. Right. Makes sense. So that way you forget by the time this happens, and you're still like, oh my god, right? They this we just went through this. They just yeah. told me that this can strong happen. Strong writing, incredibly <laughs> it's, strong writing. It's genius. It's showing you right before using the gun. Hey, don't forget, I have this gun. And then putting it behind the back, and you're like, oh, did he have a gun? I don't think he had a gun. And then he gets shot with the gun. Come on. <laughs> like, oh, the gun of love. The gun of love. I have to mention they, that. It just die hard you, basically. Where it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's just I, I duct taped back. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> as time passes, we get to see, you know, Mark and Eve and Tara doing their work, spreading the influence of the Viltrum Empire throughout the galaxy, helping to bring warring tribes to peace, helping to conserve cultures and peoples. And like, it's just really cool. And then we get a heartbreaking scene. Uh Tara arrives back to the palace to find it in ruins. We see Eve has been cast aside and... We find that uh, our little prodigal son has come home. Marcus has made his way to that planet. And he and Mark have been doing a little duel. And it's obviously coming to the aftermath of it. And they're like, they're just laying there in rubble. And Marcus is looking very classic Mark. Got one of the eyepieces shattered. Hair is flopping all over the place. And he's just like, you know, I I worshipped you. I pushed myself on as hard as I could because I wanted to live up to your legacy. And he just says, you left. The more I, the more I missed you, the more important what you were doing became. You were saving the universe. I worshipped you until the worship grew into hatred. And ah, fuck. This is incredible your kylo ren analogy earlier was very good yeah. because he, this yeah. is this is kylo and and han yeah 
Yeah, it's yeah. it's very much that of the like I I thought you were the greatest, but you were a better dad to literally everyone else in the universe but me. Mm-hmm. You threw me aside, and it's 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 it, a very honest thing for someone to think, and it's and a very honest portrayal. And the reason that he thinks that I think is yeah. incredibly it Makes has to be mentioned sense. because like this is again we talk about you know how real the comic can get sometimes, and it's you know. Facts are facts. Marky was born out of a very tragic event in Mark's life. So there has to be at some point the thought that maybe when he looks at me, that's all he sees. Yeah. And exactly. it's heartbreaking because you know he just wanted to be loved. Mm-hmm. He just wanted his dad to love him. And, oh, mm. and see him for who he was. And it's... Ugh. He says, you know, I, you always loved Tara more. She got to live with you. I hated myself because I wasn't good enough. I used to think you made Tara with love, but I was made with hate. And, oh, God. Especially, like, taking into account how Anissa's story ended. Yeah. Yeah. It is heartbreaking to know that that's still how he sees his mother. Yeah and it's the uh, the the she doomed me line yeah like the she she doomed me to be like this to be less to be bad like it's it's upsetting it's very heartbreaking and mark it's all he can do is try and support him he just says you know you've done so much good i'm proud of you this was a misunderstanding and Marcus says, you know, I was so angry. I lost myself. I I could have killed you. How do we come back from that? And the line that Mark gives back broke me again. And I started sobbing again. I cried a lot reading this issue because he says, with something we have a near unlimited supply of, son, time. And it harkens back to the moment where two Viltramites were laying on a mountaintop and one of them said, what will you have after 500 years? I just... It rhymes. It rhymes. It rhymes. It rhymes. It rhymes. I, I love it so much. Um, and then we get another killer scene where we get to see Tara throw down. We've seen her doing Final. some great humanitarian work. We see her doing her conservation work. Now she gets to throw down in this arena where she is absolutely outclassing this fool. He's got nothing. Oh, yeah. And This as, is some time just, later, too. Just what yeah. she says, too. Yeah, like the way she says it, too. It's like, he's just like, you will die for your foolishness. And she says, shut up and hit me already. Like, Love it. Enough of the banter. So badass. So good. So cool. And so Tara busts this guy up. The Red King is not happy that these Viltramites have come to Sakaar and they're making a fool of him. <laughs> so they... I mean, that's all this is, right? That's yeah. all this is. This is Planet Hulk. I'm sorry. This is literally yeah, Planet Hulk. Yeah, yeah. it really is. This is for real the Red King. Yeah. yeah. But we see Mark and Eve just sitting there watching this amused. And, you know... Tara refuses to kill the champion, so the Red King's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you! And he breaks his sword on Mark's head, and I love the face Mark makes. He's just like... Just a, oof. 
really really exactly. Jesus, that was aggressive <laughs> and the guy's like you're as strong as your champion he's like we all are and that guy's shitting bricks now he's yeah, like oh god <laughs> what did i do oh no <laughs> like what have i got myself into and he's like oh no i'm so sorry i'm so sorry for the disrespect don't kill my people just kill me and mark's like i'm not gonna kill you dude like we want to help you and the king is basically like i i have attacked you i wish to end your life i disrespected you and spat in the face of your goodwill and yet you will not retaliate still you offer peace still you speak as my friend you have every right to strike me down and yet you spare me the way your daughter is spared my champion and mark says yes that is the Veltramite way. Mark has successfully turned it around. Mark has changed the Veltramite empire, but more importantly, he's changed the Veltramite legacy. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Just, oh my God. So good. So then we end on a really quiet scene. Uh, Mark and Eve are back at their palace. Marcus is off doing the good work. Tara's sunbathing by the pool. Still wearing the glasses. Still wearing the glasses, as she should. And they say, you know, Eve says, you know, you did everything your father asked. You changed the Viltramites. You turned them into a force for good, celebrate across the universe. And Mark hits him, hits her with a, you know, responds. I'm just going to read this. I just want to read this. He says, I've been thinking a lot about the, about the past lately, and one thing keeps coming back up. There's just, there's so many things that remind me of something my father once said to me. It was during our big fight. He looked down at me and he said, what will you have after 500 years? And he smiles. excellent and that's the end of invincible and that's the end of invincible (sighs) right right oh man right i love everything about this i genuinely do it's up there for like my second favorite ending of the comic ever yeah, it's it's right behind Why the Last Man. I think Why the Last Man has the best ending of a story I've ever read. Ooh. I think this is like right behind it. God, this, jeez, um, like wow, it's incredible, and it's you know Malcolm said that this is one of the best endings to a comic. I mean, he said he said it right at the top with that B cover. You know, it says the best double-sized final issue of all time. It might be. It, it just might damn just might be. be. Yeah. Because the amount of ground be. that is covered through all of this to wrap everything that it can up is incredible. And yeah, I just, I remember getting very emotional about this because it was a, I mean, I, as I'm recording this, I read this last night. I... <laughs> finished off my thanksgiving finishing invincible and it's rough wow it is <laughs> but i loved it 
genuinely loved it from start to finish. So that's Invincible. Uh, final thoughts on chapter 144, the finale, and uh, your favorite moment in that chapter. We'll start with Malcolm. Okay. I love this ending. I also hate this ending. <laughs> um, there are specifically eight very specific things that could be carried on into its own series or continued on from this point. Agreed. Or that we could see. So I was taking notes. I love it. Battle Beast 2, War uh, war on the Viltrumites. That's mm-hmm. the thread that is left. That's one. Darkwing. Uh, what happened to Darkwing? What happens to Darkwing from here? That's the thread that's left. That's two. Uh, mm-hmm. New Guardians. Uh, let's follow that New Guardians team. Let's see what's mm-hmm. going on with them. Also, where are the people who aren't on that Guardians team? Where's, Where's Kaboomerang? God Where's damn Kaboomerang? it. Yeah. Where's Brit? Where's Le Bruzier? Where's Brit oh, Jr.? Where's Britt Jr.? Exactly. Oh, yeah. All these things. Questions. So that's three. Number four, Levy Jr. Yeah. What? What the fuck? You know, Levy Jr. That's yeah. a huge fucking thing. That's I a kinda, huge fucking deal. I kind of feel that what led to Marcus going to pursue uh, Mark uh-huh. in the first place has was to be the, has the to be two a of them meeting. Yes. Oh, and I think yes. it's triggered by that. Which leads me into Kid Invincible. Kid Invincible is number five. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like let's let's follow that threat. Let's follow let's follow that hatred. Uh, number six, grow. Yeah. Invincible two, Tara. Yeah, shit. what's yeah. she doing? That's super interesting. Hell mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, number seven, the Coalition War. Huge. Oh, oh man. We one see one. War. We see one page. One page war. I want to see all the pages. Agreed. And number eight, the most important one, the Viltrumite Way. Let's follow. Let's follow that more. Yeah, that is eight totally specific things that you could do as follow ups to the series, or you could do as extensions of the series. Robert Kirkman could come in with an issue one forty five tomorrow. He could with all of us, and he hasn't. It's been years. <laughs> and I'm, I'm angry and invincible did not go as long, if not longer, than The Walking Dead. I'm what mad. if that's what the show's for? Huh? It won't be. It do, won't be. But hey, it won't be. But what if it does? I do, especially with the show being a thing. Bring back the goddamn book. Give me more. Yeah. yeah. Give I, me more. It might That's actually. All. It makes me mad. It's made me mad since I've read it because <laughs> they set up so many interesting <laughs> things. I'm like, God, I just want to read that. I just want to know what's gonna happen. That's and what I'll happens when know. you skip hundreds of years at a time in a single issue. Yeah, it drives me friggin' crazy. Anyway, it's an amazing issue. It's uh, the first night w- when it came out. Uh, again, we're at a comic shop. We get our books, you know, the day before everyone else does. Right. Uh, so that we can, you know, get it all set up in the computers, yada, yada. And that Tuesday night, I brought home a copy to read. And I specifically, like, I specifically remember, like, okay, I had to bring this home. I'm going to uh, have some dinner. Have some dinner with the missus. I said, "Okay, I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need some time." And I sat here in this exact area. I sat here and I read <laughs> it, and I put it down. I said, "Huh, okay." And then it was done. It was done for me, and it was that was a hard thing for me to deal with. 
because this is a book that I followed for a very long time and have loved for a long time. And it it was done. It was something, it was a constant in my life that I don't have. And I guess that's where my frustration comes from. Still, I mean, this is this is three, four years after it's ended, like four yeah. years or so after it's ended. 2017. Still, yeah. Oh, that soon. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm still upset about it. It's still something that I miss, that I wish I had in my life. Fair. And it hurts, but that's the point of life yeah. is that you have these things and then you don't, and then you become a different person and a better person because of that. And I think that reading Invincible has made me a better person. I think that it has changed my ideals on many things in the world, uh, viewpoints on, on, on many things, but also just how I see myself. And I think I hold myself in a different way because of Invincible. Invincible is one of the more formative comic reading experiences I've had in my life. Uh, actually, the, the next thing we're going to cover is the other one. Uh, <laughs> but, um, spoilers. Spoilers. But uh, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is my shit. Jacob? Listeners, back in 2009, I was reintroduced to comics through a friend and one of the comics was called, um, it was a comic called The Walking Dead. And at the time I was getting into, I, I, it was a big zombie craze during that time because Shaun of the Dead had kind of like repetuate that, had revitalized that kind of influence and stuff. And I was looking for more. I loved this writer. I thought this writer was really good. And I was trying to find out what more this writer had. And it said he, he had this book, his superhero book. And it was called Invincible. And I decided to give it a shot. I just read the, I found the trade back. I, I actually, I think I bought it. Uh, uh, the first volume that we had, that we discussed 30 some episodes ago. And I put it down going oh my god i need more all of my eyes needs to be on this comic and up to this point i got every single issue um to the very end and you know i've avoided the ending because i just did not want to end it i didn't i couldn't accept the fact that this this book was all done and that it couldn't go now that we got here and now that I've read it, I read this probably two hours before we started recording here and uh, just to let myself like sit with it. And yeah, I'm, I'm very upset. I'm upset that this, that we didn't get six more issues at least to expand upon uh, on all of this. I'm upset that there hasn't been anything relative to this in the five years since this has been gone uh for like four or five years yeah um but my hope is that you continue the legacy you read this book and hopefully encourage robert kirkman to uh maybe revitalize something from this like there should be and i i'm really excited for the tv show more than ever now to come back with its second season. <laughs> and 
the, I, the favorite part, I guess, of this was all of it. It really was the entire issue was surprisingly everything I needed and wanted from this. It was more than I wanted. And it got, it gave me more. The Nightwing surprise, the Battle Beast um, uh, uh, lineage continues. There's, there's, there's a, there's a, this universe continues on without you being, uh, taking the focus on it. It, it, it exists where it, no matter what you, no matter where you, which character you focus on, it's still going on like real life. And just like real life, you move on, you, you grow and you learn from those experiences and you become more wise, just like Mark has become the, the leader that his people needed to be and more. And this is why this is my favorite superhero of all time, probably the best superhero of all time that I've read. That is me. Yeah. Um, wow. That's, you know, this book has been, we'll do final thoughts, obviously, for the whole series in a bit, but this book was very hard for me to get through because like Jacob, I immediately, when we got here, even up to the point that I was sitting in my, uh, in my office, looking at this, sitting there with the tablet in front of me. And I'm like, I don't know if I can read this. I don't know if I can do this <laughs> because I wasn't sure what it was going to be. Um, because, you know, before you've read a comic book, that comic book can be anything. It can be about anything. And in my wildest imagination, this book was nothing like I expected it to be and everything that I needed. It is incredibly frustrating because there are so many threads that you can pull for future stories. But it's also something that we've praised this book for in the past. We have loved that a core tenet of this book is that it doesn't wait for you. These people are living their lives. They are growing and changing. And when you get windows into their lives, they have grown just like we have. Every single time we open up a comic book, those characters are seeing us for the pocket of time that we're reading that comic. As we grow, as we change with these characters, it's seeing an old friend and these little moments that we get of growing up with Tara, of seeing moments of Marky becoming Kid Invincible, of watching the Viltrumites grow and change and evolve, it's incredibly cathartic to know that these characters are living their lives. Would we like more information on them? Yes. Would we like them to elaborate? Absolutely, because it means we get more of the story. But like when you see a friend after a while, and they've gotten a little taller, they've had a haircut, they've, you know, maybe grown some facial hair or shaved their facial hair off. Their lives continue on. And that's what's so beautiful about it. And in that respect, I think this book 
is one of the most perfect comic book endings I've ever seen. We get snapshots of these people's lives who are living very, very long and they are changing, they are growing. And we know, regardless of where the book ends, regardless of us seeing the back cover, that their stories continue. And that anytime that we need to check in on our old friends again, we can go back and we can pick up another comic book. And that's what I think is so beautiful about this issue. It's incredible. Um, if I had to uh, mention a, fav- a favorite part, there's a couple. I mean, the uh, the Marky Speedball, I think, is one of my favorite moments I've ever seen out of a character. <laughs> it's so tight. It's what, so a, cool. what a splash it makes immediately yeah. for that character. Yeah. He's, he's, he's flying, he stops in midair, and he just tumbles through the tumbles. sky it immediately Second sets it apart from every single other viltramite we've ever seen it's cool as hell um i love the reestablishment of the viltramite way but the things that really speak to me are again the moments that we get to see these characters have snapshots of them growing of them changing of te- we get to see Ter- we get to see tara grow up we get mm-hmm. to see this fully formed character from her beginning all the way to her being a young adult in the mm-hmm. same way that we got to grow and change along with Mark. And at the end, when he says, when he mentions, you know, what will you have after 500 years? I think without saying it, it's saying that there's going to be a lot more than just him and his dad. And that's, it's, it's beautiful to me. This book is a beautifully, uh, a flawed masterpiece, I think, is the only way that I can describe this, uh, this ending. But, um, and I guess you can really say that about the, the series as a whole. Uh, it has its warts, has its bumps, has its, you know, rocky points, but it is genuinely one of the greatest comics I've ever read in my entire life. When I was... Uh, just getting to know Jacob when we were doing shows down in Tucson, mm-hmm. uh, we would every so often run into each other at the comic book shop that Malcolm worked at. And I distinctly remember so clearly in my mind, uh, several times where I would come into the dressing room before a show and Jacob w- would be sitting there with an invincible comic, invincible comic that came out that week. And he <laughs> would tell me, he was like, oh man, yeah, you got to get into Invincible. Uh, one of my first Comic-Cons, I ran into an Invincible cosplayer and I didn't know him. I didn't know what he was, but I took a picture. because cool. I was like, dude, yeah, dude, Jacob's got to see this. So I took a picture with him. And throughout the years, I've gotten to grow closer to both of these guys in our shared love of comics. And Invincible has always been a blind spot for me. And getting to have this moment that I get to share with these guys is just, it's everything I could ask for. I'm so glad. I'm bitter and I'm sad that I didn't get into this comic sooner, but I'm totally okay with it because then I got to share it with these guys. And I got to share it with you, the listener. So as we're wrapping up here, I want to give you a couple lightning round questions. Uh, 
we're just going to roll on through them. First off, do you have a favorite volume in this series? I will go first, give you a second to think about it. My favorite volume, I think, to the surprise of probably no one, is actually volume 12, entitled Still Standing. This encompasses the the Invincible War and Conquest. It was the, the kind of the turning point for me with this book where I'm like, this might be one of the greatest comics I've ever read. I'm a sucker for multiverse shenanigans. I'm a sucker for knockdown drag out brawls and the desperation of the fight in this, uh, in this volume is incredible. It is really, really tough to read at times, but it is an incredible story, an incredible volume, and it gave birth to our gift to the world. Give it to me one oh, time. Almost there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Malcolm, do you have a favorite volume? Yeah, to no surprise, that's my favorite volume also. Um, ah. <laughs> that was, that was, it's very rare. I, I've been reading comics for, at this point, a large majority of my life. And it's very rare for me to uh, feel what I felt reading that volume for the first time. Uh this sense of dread and the sense of horror and not knowing if anyone's going to come out of it a lot, like actual yeah. fear for the main character. There are only a couple other instances I could think of with that. And to my astonishment, I feel that every time I read that volume, even though I know what's going to happen <laughs> in the series, that volume is so well-structured. It, like, like you said, it's a big turning point. Um, and that is... I think that's from the Invincible War, which is an unbelievable like event level crossover all in one issue, which is so well thought out and well planned out to the Conquest story, which is the scariest story I think I've read in comics. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. It's great. Jacob, do you have a favorite volume? Um, I was trying to think of what specifically and i was whittling it down between between um the robot um takeover of earth and ah, and interesting and the dinosaurus whole 100 issues of that where the death of everyone basically but honestly you both brought up a point that i when I first got uh, into this thing, the, the the most dire part of this that really scared a uh, brick out of me was pretty much um, Conquest was volume 12. So I have to say, <laughs> I have to say that because just because, yeah, the Invincible War was just horrific and, and harsh and like pretty bad, but getting into Conquest right was, after. was that right after that was so scary in the fact that oh no of all the worst timing you could possibly have of one of these vulture mites to come check in it's like it had to be right now had to be right now where uh, mark is like at his uh like it's half battle worn from all of this and it's it the image of him headbutting conquests over and over again 
in that double panel was is the most impressive oh, yeah. and scariest thing I've ever seen. Oh yeah. Um, so that that is honestly my favorite because every time I would reread this, that moment always gets me too. Yeah. It's it's so scary. I so yeah. That's so it's conflict, it's man. the hat trick. So yeah. we all chose volume two. There we go. It's, it's yeah. incredible. It's so it's good. Incredible. It's Next it one. is a turning point. It really yeah. is the turning point. It of changes the, the game. Yeah. Sure does. Now, next question. Do you have a favorite side story, a favorite Invincible adjacent book that really took you either by surprise, you were surprised you loved it so much, or something that you loved from the very beginning and couldn't get enough of? I will go first here. And to be honest, man... I really love guarding the globe. Stop going first. <laughs> I love it so much. I just, I, I, you know, Brit is probably one of my top five characters. Um, it's, it's just wonderful. I genuinely love getting to, uh, meet with him getting to learn about him and jessica his whole story just going from uh going from brit to guarding the globe to invincible universe is a incredible story that is filled is is alongside so many other incredible stories in this universe though i have to give a shout out to our boys at capes incorporated i have to mention them but guarding the globe is probably it for me uh, it's same for me. It's specifically like Phil Hester's run on Guardian Globe, which starts yeah. with Guardian the Globe Volume Two or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and then going into Invincible Universe. Like that's that stuff is so so good, and I I think takes takes the ideas that I really liked from Capes um, and blows it up, and the ideas that I wanted to see with Invincible and blows it up. Um, I constantly think about like Black Samson and his barbershop. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like Agreed. I think about that like once a week of like, oh, that is exactly what I want a superhero <laughs> to be. Like I I want superheroes to be like that. I want them to, you know, try to do something nice for the community. And the villain comes in and tries to ruin everything, and then he gives the villain the job. You know, yeah. <laughs> and then and then when we see that 25 issues later in the background of Invincible, we're like, oh my God look at that like that rhino looking mother's still there like that's amazing you know i <laughs> i love that i that book left a really good a really good impact on me uh specifically again phil hester's run uh oh, yeah. you know it's i think he he made that such an interesting read and i would i would love it if phil hester came back to play in the invincible universe for sure um, if, if anyone's gonna do it and it's not gonna be robert kirkman let let phil hester rock it man like yeah do another volume they, of guarding only, the globe yeah, there's only a few people that I would be super into them doing it if it wasn't going to be Kirkman. Phil Hester's at the top of that list. Yeah, bring back Hester and Knock. Let them do their yeah. thing. Bring back Hester and Knock. Let's rock it. Let's go. Jacob? Capes. Hell yeah. It's, um, I, Good remember answer. Reading, I remember reading that and just going really, imp I, I honestly, you, the, the, I love, I love superheroes going into a business kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Big fan of Ghostbusters. And I just love the <laughs> idea of weird existential stuff 
trying to make a buck. It just really, it's, (laughs) it's something that will always be a societal issue, no matter what focus of a comic book it is. It's, it's so fun to watch superheroes trying to make some living and trying to get benefits and like, I'm like I can't go over there. It's like why can't you go over there? It's like it's because I'm I'm I'll be I'm working overtime. I I, I would be overtime. Do I get overtime pay for this? And it's just like yeah yeah yeah. Now get the fuck over there. It's just like okay all right. But I gotta write it down. I gotta punch my card in. Punch my card first. You know that that kind of I just love that. I just I love that more. Uh, also side stuff because um, we never talked about it. Is it's uh, astounding Wolfman. <laughs> God damn it. It's, I knew it was coming. Because uh, <laughs> honestly, uh, the one thing I didn't, we didn't, men- we didn't get to talk, well, I got to read, but um, the Invisible Primer issue damn. was honestly a, uh, it was a, it was a promotional thing that they had um, three, the first three volume, the first three issues of three titles that were going on at the same time that take place in the invincible world which was invincible brit and astounding wolfman and this was coming out before the 50th issue came of invincible came out Mm -hmm. and wolfman was just a quirky little like fun uh hero idea of just like pretty much like the howling commandos but what if you just focused on the wolfman and yeah and the fact that there were six volumes that you got out of it was unheard of for me. Mm-hmm. Like that, I, the, 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 it was a good flip of the side of the coin for everything going well for Invincible. Everything went wrong, went <laughs> for, for Astounding Wolfman. And um, I, I just, I love that for just for what it is. But, sure. but, if, but out of the stuff that we read, really, it's, it's really capes. There's really capes that made it. Capes, baby. Hell yeah. So next up, do you have a favorite minor character? This has to be a character who has appeared in five issues or less in the series. I will go That's first. hard because I don't think many have appeared in five or less, right? There have been a few. Yeah. I'm going to go first. It's your boy, Powerplex. Powerplex is one of the yeah. most underserved characters. And that's, I'm going to add an addendum to number nine on Malcolm's list of spinoffs that we should see. He should be a member of the revived Guardians of the Globe when Hester and Nock come back to do their next run. I fucking love Powerplex. He rules. Yeah. Yeah. Malcolm? Uh, Multipole. Oh, nice. Oh, my. Hell yeah. I think Multipole is super interesting. Uh, there's not much to that character, but there's mm-hmm. a lot that could be done with that character. I mean, he's 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 scumbag Madrox. Yes, you know, like I would I would watch I would watch a multiple show or I'd read a multiple book, like for sure. That's super interesting. There's there's some fertile ground there. So multiple for sure. Jacob. Oh man, that's it's tough. So tough. There's so much things that happen. Um, mm, uh, uh, there were a couple that popped in my head, but they're they're all they all have their own like kind of definitive story that you know what what happens. Oh man, um, um, jeez, 
who was like really minor that this was really fun to get into um was one of the i think it was one of the oh god i don't know <laughs> i'm really stumped actually uh because what you two mentioned were like really good, like actual, like real side characters that I would totally be down to see. I was thinking, oh man, I don't know who I was, who I was going for. My joke, my joke default was to say, um, uh, Studley, Stuffy, or what's his name? Uh, Stuffman, the guy who created Science Dog. Uh, because because <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I really loved the... I really love the meta. We love Brian Michael Bendis here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We're pro Bendis. <laughs> I, 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 love, I actually thought I you were going to say Science Dog. I 100% thought I totally thought I honestly, I honestly want Science. You know what? Yeah, I would say Science Dog, actually. I, I was thinking, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to remember, but yeah, no, Science Dog is definitely something we need a hundred issues of at yeah. this point. <laughs> I'd read a science dog. Look hell yeah. Is, holy shit. Go for it. Like I wouldn't even be surprised. Like, yeah. Like this the the volume that we read or the, the issue that we read that came out in the hardcover, that needed to be the 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 ending of that series. And that's I, the yeah. I that's needed, the end of a volume like I, of a long run. Yeah. I need now I just need issues one through 96 to get to get the full <laughs> aspect of what just happened. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so Hell yeah. yeah, definitely science dog. All right, <laughs> got two more of these. First off, what is your favorite fight in the series? I ahead, Ma- Malcolm's ready. Go for it. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, it's the fight in the sun. I I knew you were gonna pick that one. It's the fight on the sun. I think that's again. I said it last week. I think it's one of the best fights in comics. Yeah. And that's, that's nothing Not against, I, I, a very close second could be the Conquest fight. I think mm-hmm. that Conquest fight is incredible. Um, but oh, yeah. the fight on the sun has such an excellent sense of finality mm-hmm. that you don't get that with a lot of comics. Yeah, true. Um, and, and maybe it helps, you know, going into it, knowing, okay, this is the last volume of Invincible. But still, like, it has such a sense of finality and it, really raises the stakes even higher yeah you know um yeah i think i think it's it's got to be that fight that that fight on the sun is unbelievable for sure jacob yeah that that was it that was the same thing i thought uh the eloquence of the monologue going along with that fight battle Mm -hmm. and and you can just hear like a choir from (laughs) like 2001 space odyssey like (laughs) Uh, ringing because they could have just basically all i imagined with this fight was like all of the sound went away and just this monologue playing and maybe a little bit of music under underscoring the monologue that felt very much that and that was that's what i felt and when i just read that uh i think close second for me uh, you mentioned conquest and i do i do love that but um um, I just love the uh, robot frustration. The the robot takeover. I was mm-hmm. well. No, actually, you know what? It's this. It's this. It's the Reanimen. It's the Reanimen fight. It's it's where Mark realizes that everything is not black and white, and that there is some gray. Oh, that Cecil. Oh, good pull. Points out and everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
issue 50 i have to good that was i was a great that was a good that was a great like battle of like not just wits but also just like understanding of where you are as a hero yeah and what it, it what it means is like that 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 was the first inkling of what mark was getting the idea of like wow, maybe I'm not cut out for this because there's so many levels. I didn't think it was so black and white as before. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mine, I mean, obviously Conquest is way up there. It's it's hard not to mention it because it's incredible. But yeah. there has never been a fight in this entire series that made me as on the edge of my seat, as tense, as nervous and anxious as the fight in volume 23 with Mark, Eve, and Tara against Thrag mm. and his two children. And Ursal oh. and The Boy. urgency, <laughs> the uh, dire straits of it, the narrative importance of it, of being attacked at home. I am a sucker for a home invasion story. The creativity mm-hmm. of having Eve use her powers to move the house around Ursal. Yeah. It's an incredible fight, and I'm a yeah. big, big fan of it for sure. But I gotta, I gotta talk about that conquest fight, man. Like it's, it's nuts. I would also give a special shout out to the end of the Viltrumite War because yeah. it is, it ends with three Viltrumites flying through the planet. Yeah, flying through a planet, baby. Yeah, straight up like Infinite Crisis style. Yeah. I love that shit. Mm-hmm. So, final question: Who's your favorite character? from the series i knew you were gonna ask this that's the one thing i was hoping you would not ask this <laughs> uh, god damn it um i'll go first <laughs> it's kaboomerang baby <laughs> <laughs> is that why you made it a uh, favorite side character who's appeared five times less yes because kaboomerang's appeared like six times has... <laughs> yes bitch kaboomerang is the best ever he never blows you know, I early challenge myself you know he never, never blows, blows early, early. <laughs> no but you, you know honestly um ah oh, man on honestly i think my favorite character oh, it's a tie between two old men uh, <laughs> and maybe that's because Cecil I Stedman a, and I'm an old man in my own right, but uh, Nolan Grayson and Brit. I did not think I was going to love Brit when we met him as much as I do now. Having read all the tertiary stuff, having read Guarding the Globe, Invincible Universe, Brit, all that stuff, I love that character to a degree that I don't love a whole lot of comic book characters. Um, and with Nolan, Nolan is the ultimate redemption story. And I still choke up thinking about the last words that he says to Mark about how he changed him. So that's me, old man's rule. Jacob? Oh God! No, pass. Go, go, go ahead, Malcolm. I, I gotta, I gotta think about this way too hard. No. Uh, uh, my my favorite character is Nolan. I don't think Nolan. I, I I don't think anyone in this run has had a more interesting character arc. Um, the just the journey that you go on with that character, uh, from misdirect to lies to evil to 
you know, leaving to showing back up. He, I have a, I, 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 I have a, I have a, I guess, strange relationship with my dad. Mm-hmm. It's not, we're not the closest people. We get along just fine. There's no animosity there. It's just that we're not necessarily the closest people. Mm-hmm. And that's something that has always weighed on me. Um, yeah. You know, I, you know, I, I see people who, you know, definitely have fraught relationships with their dad, like way worse than I do for sure. And people who have way better relationships with their dad than I do. And I'm very in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're just two different people. And I look at the journey that Nolan has taken. And I look at the journey that, 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 that I have taken as a person and the journey that my dad is. And I, I see a lot of parallels is too strong of a word, but I, I could see, I, I guess, I guess I could see some certain parallels uh, in my father and in Nolan and I think understanding Nolan as a character helps me understand my own father as a character. And I think that honestly helps me understand myself better. Um, I spoke earlier just about, you know, Invincible was a big uh, formative read for me. And Nolan is the biggest part of that. The actions and consequences of Nolan Grayson are a big part of forming who I am as a person and how I perceive myself. Um, and if I am ever cursed to have children, uh, <laughs> it'll inform what kind of a parent I am. I think he is the most influential father that I've read in fiction. Uh, definitely a big, you know, what not to do. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it, it really, again, it all comes down to that last, that last moments yeah. where, you know, you, you think about how, how you hate that son of a bitch in issue 12, how yeah. you can't believe how betrayed you feel for this character you've only known for 11 issues and the betrayal that you feel there. And then when he shows up again in 25 and the betrayal you feel again, and it it's, it's an amazing journey and uh i i just think it's it's powerful and so interesting and just layered and it's it's everything you want fiction to be you want to be affected by fiction the way that i am affected by nolan grace this story is called invincible but honestly it's the omni-man well said jacob the astounding wolf. No, God damn it, Jacob! Uh, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Uh, honestly, um, I was. I, I should have mentioned him for side character, but um, but I think he's one of my favorite characters too. Um, and, and there's, it's it's kind of two. It's but uh, it's mainly it's mainly Mark. Mark is my favorite because. Uh, to cop out here it's because of the fact that all the other characters when they would pop up it would be okay with but every time mark would pop back into the story i would get a twinge of happiness to be like oh boy how great we're back to the we're back to our hero right now and i think it's because because like 
genuinely have never related so much to a character since Spider-Man. And this character made the choices in this comic the same choices that I would make. Um, even like when the heart of the TARDIS squiggly wiggly thing that gave him the choice of like, hey, you can, you've done a lot of good here. You've saved a lot of lives. Do you have the choice? You have the choice to stay here and do this. Or if you want, you can go back. And I was like, I will go back. I want to go back because I thought of the same thing. And I was like, I would, I would want to go back because, and it's like, well, we didn't see this. I was like, no, you don't understand. I have a family and a life and I would not trade that up. Uh, for it's very selfish of me to say this, but I would trade it up for the lives that have been lost for my family because that's how much my family means to me, and and I agree with that. There was the, those kinds of choices. Um, the other thing was, um, oh my god, I like forgot his name. Um, his best buddy, William. Uh, uh, William. Yeah, William. William. It, William, I as much shit we gave him for being <laughs> um, the way he's uh, the way he acts in this comic in the beginning and when he finally came out is exactly the kind of journey that I went through uh, coming out as a millennial gay man. Uh, the 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 aggression, the 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 awkwardness, and everything like that, and not be able to like this social disconnect with the rest of the world, and you just. It, he was frustrated in the fact that he couldn't figure out what was wrong. Why isn't he connecting with everybody else the way other people can connect with the, connect with each other? And it's because, oh wait, I'm not being true to myself. I'm 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 this. I'm I'm gay or straight or or bi or whatever you want. You you're this particular person and been living a lie. And he finally discovered himself. Um, granted, even even when you come out and everything like that, you're still the same person. It's not like you grew like a superpower and you're instantly witty and like, uh, and, and fabulous every single time. Sassy, like most, obviously. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's not like the sassy gay friend that has the answer to all your problems. Like most, yeah, exactly. like, like sassy most of them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sassy sage. sage. Exactly. Yeah, the sassy sage stereotype. By yeah. the way, please, please. The daughter make William- of the question. Please make William uh, this sort of this sort of superhero called the Sassy Sage. I would be totally down for that. <laughs> Robert Kurtman, get on that. And but uh, the Guardians of the Globe. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> She's a stupid bitch. No. Um, <laughs> like, what do you What do you think, Sassy Sage? He's like I don't know. <laughs> exactly. It's, okay. it's like okay. Exactly. At least but, we checked um, in with him first. It, it, Who's right. taking me flying? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but 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 yeah, uh, I've never seen a character actually come out into a com- come out of a comic and be actually genuinely like you see the progression of the signs leading up to this big of this big thing where it's it, well it wasn't even a big thing it was just like oh he's out okay cool um, yeah between these two between Mark and William it was essentially the reason why I really got into the comic mostly was because. These two characters really, um, really influenced me. Uh, you might even say this comic helped me come out, actually, it, wow. from from uh, from realizing what what I was going through and what I was experiencing, and uh, it made me realize things that I didn't really thought about. So yeah, it, it's it's Mark's story that just always had something with me the whole time. That's amazing, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's why this means so much to me. I think that's why 
this comic is my favorite character, uh, my favorite comic because of like how influenced it, it did for me. And I hope it did for you all too. Readers. And with that, let's let's do some final thoughts on Invincible as a whole. Just um, Jacob, if you have anything else you want to roll off since you're on a roll right now. This comic is everything. This comic is something that I should have got into when it first came out. I'm glad I still was able to catch it when it was still going on. Um, it will continue to influence people and generations from here on out because of the TV show. Um, they have retooled it to be more contemporary of the times now, um, which is interesting because this, this comic was contemporary for the time of when it was coming out. So it's amazing how things have changed since that time. And you can't, uh, it's it, just like Superman, Spider-Man, and all of our well-known characters, this character can be redone and re-influenced for generations to come. I mean, it has Tara that could be spinning off from these adventures and we focus on her for all that time. We can also focus on Marcus uh on earth from all this time which i also still i was thinking it was just like you know if they wanted to end it here and then just continue and just do the miles morales thing where they just focused on marcus from now on up until that point it would have been perfect it would have been fine i would have been fine with it i just i need more invincible really that's that's what i think needs to be said about this comic is that it's not like in the vein of like Superman and Spider-Man in the sense that once the run is over, nobody's taking up the mantle to continue it on. And I think somebody like Phil Hester or anybody who's worked on the side, uh, side stories actually pick up this mantle and continue on the Invincible story and call it like, you know, the Invincible universe and stuff. That's welcome. There, there's only one way that I can end this. There is two other things. Earlier, I mentioned those three things I've waited for for the last episode. Uh, one was the terror cover, which is my background. Hell so, yeah. <laughs> the second thing is one sentence. Marky Murphy is a good kid. <laughs> Marky Murphy is a good kid. And and the third thing, and I think is just the most important reminder and my last note on the series, Mark Grayson is a good person. Well said. Uh, I love this. I love this series. Love you guys. Um, everyone who's joined us on this journey. Um, you know, when I, when I watched the series uh, on Amazon, uh, I didn't know a whole lot about it, but I was really excited because I was like, hey, you know, there's a there's an Asian superhero and there aren't a whole lot of those. Mm -hmm. um, and it made me want to read the, the comic, which is by definition what these adaptations should be doing. Um, and little did I know that wanting to read the comic would turn into this gigantic odyssey that we've been on for almost 30 weeks. <laughs> um getting to experience this in real time with you guys and getting to experience this in real time with our listeners here um has been incredible and i'm going to remember this for ever 
Geeks Playing Book Club has been a ray of light for me in a very difficult year. And I genuinely am so thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for those who are listening. I'm thankful for this comic book because it is an epic. It is a odyssey. It is a tragedy. Is it a comedy? It is the best superhero comic in the multiverse. And I am a little sad that this is over because I felt like I grew and changed along with this book. But uh, even though Invincible is over, doesn't mean the book club's over. Wait, what? <sighs> I thought we were saying goodbye after this. I thought, uh, I thought that you was know, it. I've, I've, been, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it. I think we we've we've had fun. We've uh, we've got some memes. We've got enough I think material to make a couple T-shirts and maybe a hat. Uh, is... Getting to check in with you guys every single week has been an absolute joy. So, what do you say we do this all again? And maybe we tackle another Odyssey. Maybe we tackle another journey of a superhero learning to be a superhero. Maybe, what do you say in mm, six weeks from now, January 7th, 2022, the Geek Explain Book Club reads through Ultimate Spider-Man. What? Yes! what? We can't do that. There's so many of that. That's a challenge I think exactly. we're up to for up to. So listeners, get yourselves ready. January 7th, 2022, six weeks from now, we're gonna be doing a little bit of a break while we recharge. We give invincible time to breathe. And we're heading into the holiday season. Um, next week, we're actually going to be kicking off a brand new Geek Explained Extra series where my fellow movie lovers, AJ Kincaid and Chris Carter from the Into the Snyderverse series that we did earlier this year, are going to be coming back for a series that I'm calling Spidey December. As we go through every single Spider Man film up to the release of no way home and in six weeks we are going to kick things off with ultimate spider-man volume one by brian michael bendis and mark bagley boys you're gonna you're gonna cover the japanese spider-man movie right that's that's a part of that hell yeah Uh, only if we cover the turkish one that also features captain america yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so tune in. The series is going to be dropping uh, starting on the first, and from there we'll be doing every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday up until the release of Spider-Man: No Way Home on the seventeenth. So 
December 1st, next week, next Wednesday, you're going to be getting Spider-Man 1. Next Friday, this time, same geek time, same geek channel. On the 3rd, we're going to be doing Spider-Man 2. Following Monday is going to be Spider-Man 3, so on and so forth, until we get to the until we get to the finale of the Holland Trilogy. We'll see how that goes. But for the Geeks Plane Book Club, we'll see you all on, on January 7th. As we dive into the first volume of Ultimate Spider-Man, because something I don't think I've ever mentioned before, I've never read Ultimate Spider-Man. Something I've probably mentioned before, it's my favorite comic of all time. So So we are going (laughs) on another incredible journey. I hope you join us. I... Thank you all so much for being part of this book club, for joining in with us every single week. Cannot wait to start season two with Ultimate Spider-Man. Mark your calendars, January 7th. We will see you there. But for now, for Geeksplain Book Club, for the Coalition of Planets, for the Guardians of the Globe, Capes Incorporated, the Teen Team, and every single superhero who ever wanted to save the world. I'm Eric Azana. I'm Malcolm Russell Nelson. And I'm Jacob Brown. And we will see you next time. In 500 years, what will you have? If I'm lucky, you guys. Turning black, still don't know how I'm gonna make it
Yeah. Did you say let's kick this kick pig? Let's kick this pig. Damn right. Let's kick this pig and God. turn it into bacon, motherfucker. God what? damn. What's happening? What is that vernacular? Because yeah. Bustin makes me feel good. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs>